Welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a literary place in cyberspace where I share tangible tips, tricks, and words of wisdom to help you achieve your dream of writing a book. I'm your host, Louise Johnson, a writer and the author of Behind the Red Door. Let's dive into today's chapter. So welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. I'm so excited. We have the beautiful and brilliant (laughs) Marlo Granados joining us today. She is a writer, a filmmaker, and the author of Happy Hour. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We met briefly a couple years ago now and then COVID hit, but it feels so long ago. Mm. Yeah, it's weird though. I feel like it does feel a long time ago, but then also I feel like like the whole COVID year was like a blip that I don't really remember well. It like was like nothing significant that happened or something. Yeah, exactly. Like we've been in limbo and that was realized mm-hmm. before and we're re-emerging. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. I picked this up at Type Books, devoured it honestly within 24 hours. It is so amazing. And I know that's probably not news to you because it you published in September 2020 right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and did you have a launch that was in the midst of COVID were bookstores closed back then yes so I mean I've always I've basically just had like a digital tour and now I guess as it's as like the book is coming out internationally this Mm -hmm. September um I will have a few in-person events which is like so new to me but I actually feel like very like coddled by the digital event like I actually feel like I wouldn't know I don't know how I'm going to be in, in real life. Like, I feel like most people are like so used to readings and stuff, but I just haven't had that experience yet. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully it'll be fine. <laughs> that's so, that's such a good point. That's so cool though, that you get both experiences, kind of like the digital launch. Mm. It's a bit of a safe space. You can like get dressed up, you can manage it. And now you're kind of thrown into a second rebirth of happy mm-hmm. hour in person. I'm, you're going to mm-hmm. be amazing. Will you go go on a book tour? Um, So some events are still digital as Mm -hmm. um, like different, like in different cities. Sorry, that was my cat. He he just knocked something over. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah, I do have uh, definitely, I have like one in-person event in New York uh, on September 13th, which is exciting. Um, But you know, I feel like, as like the as like everywhere starts to reopen more and more, like there will be opportunities for me to do, like do festivals. Um, so that's always been that's. I feel like it's such a funny experience to like have been because I, I for yeah in terms of like the book coming out here, like I feel like I was in such a bubble the whole time, and I don't yeah. really understand like because I feel like when you have normal readings and stuff, like you're meeting people who are buying the book and reading the book, so it's like more um you have a bigger grasp of like what is actually going on where for me I'm like in my little like I'm like in my apartment I'm like maybe like on my on like Instagram or something and I I only vaguely understand the reception you know what I mean a hundred percent you're getting the digital reviews and reading it kind of through a screen but if people yeah tell you, this really impacted me or I love this sentence or I feel like I am is a uh, that'll be a whole different experience in person. Mm-hmm, totally. I can really relate because I'm going through a similar thing 
now I'm kind of like 10 months behind you. But mm-hmm. do you remember that feeling? Because like, you only get one debut launch. Your second book yes. is exciting, but it's a whole different feeling. Can you kind of take us back 10 months ago to September 2020? And what did that feel like launching your first book? It was obviously really exciting. Like I think that I was pretty nervous um, just in terms of like saying the right thing or like trying to express myself in a way that feels authentic and also like kind of um, gives people the opportunity to like understand what the book is about like but not like you know putting too much of myself or or, like my own feelings about the novel um, into people's heads because I would much prefer people to like take it and then like uh, you know have their own understanding of the characters instead of like having having like like thinking too much about what I was trying to do um but yeah it was it was really fun because also I guess I had a lot of my friends uh you know like come to the digital events and stuff and and for them they've been watching me deal with this process for so many years that I think for them they were like finally she can stop talking about (laughs) that is one thing they don't tell you like you tell people, oh, I'm writing a book, it's going to be coming out, and then nobody knows Mm -hmm. how long the process is, and you kind of get to Mm -hmm. a point where you're like, it's coming, it's coming, and you get frustrated a little bit, but yeah, and what you said, it's like, you have your own experiences and what you wanted the book to be, obviously, you wrote Mm -hmm. it with your voice in mind, and then once it's done and out in the world, you have no control, you're like, releasing Mm -hmm. your kid off to college, and seeing Mm -hmm. how people put their own projections and bias onto Mm -hmm. it which is terrifying but also Mm. exciting and Mm -hmm. I I do agree that you do get kind of coddled with the digital launch so it it is a nice way because my (laughs) my book 10 months later we both launched in the midst of COVID so I Mm -hmm. also can really relate to that and then how you mentioned it took a long time like how long was the process for you writing from kind of ideation to bookshelf? I mean, I think that like the writing process wasn't that long. Like I think I, I mean, relatively, like I wrote it in about three years and, um, I was like, I started writing it when I was like 22 and I kind of finished it when I was 25 and it was more or less like just like the publishing aspect where you know, like I've had an agent since I was 23. Um, and it was basically like once I was finished, you know, it was sent out to everyone in, I think 2017 and like no one wanted it. (laughs) (laughs) Rejection is a big part of this world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, for me, like I kind of like put it in the back of my mind for a little bit and I just like continued living my life doing you know as I as I'd always been doing and then you know like serendipitous events occurred where you know all of a sudden like this was a situation where you know like people like this like flying books in Canada like wanted to publish it as their first novel so um that happened and and then like obviously like for me there had been so many years in between so I felt so separate from the actual work itself which is an interesting position to be in because I feel like a lot of first novels like are so um still like under the spell of their novels by the time that it gets released and for me like I was like I had you know 
I'm like 29 now. So like, I feel like very like a woman. (laughs) I like, this was like something, this was like something that like this novel, like really represents like, you know, like a piece of like um, my youth and like my friendships at that age. And like all these things that, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely like, like divorced from it, but it is like a situation where I've definitely grown up a little bit more. Um, Mm. So like, I have also like a bit of, I'm like a little bit like, I feel like reserved or something. Like I have this kind of, Uh, these feelings about it that feel very like I really love what it does for like uh, you know young women and I also like the way that I represented these young women in this novel and for me like this is it's really important that now it's coming out and people are like loving it and experiencing these this world in a way that like really touches them and I think that's like so fun and interesting um but yeah like I don't know I feel very like relaxed almost because I'm not if I was so emotionally like um like still entwined in the novel like I feel like I would be so much more sensitive <laughs> I could not relate more you have distance from it that materials from like yeah. a different part of your life and you can look at it kind yeah. of like you're hovering above it and you're like yeah. okay well the younger if you when you're in your young 20s you can kind of take that world and run with mm-hmm. it now because mm-hmm. it's you're so you're also a freelance writer right well they, they make yeah. me they make me do <laughs> so well I guess let's go to that like how did because it's not I guess for anybody out there who wants to write a book it's mm-hmm. very everybody has a different path to how they get a literary agent and mm-hmm. published and so you mentioned mm-hmm. at 23 you already had an agent can you kind of back mm-hmm. us up and explain how you kind of life before you got the agent, what you were doing and how that came to be? Right. I mean, again, like, I feel like my whole situation has always been a little bit of an accident. So (laughs) I feel like it's definitely not something that I basically was in school uh, at Goldsmiths in London um, for my BA in creative writing. And you know, like I kind of went into, into university like a couple years late. Like I was like, I, I like moved to England when I was like 18. I lived there for two years. And then I was kind of like, I don't really know if I want to go to school. Um, and then I went into school with this very like kind of idea that I wanted to, the reason why I wanted to go into school. And I think it's the same way that people think about taking masters um, where like, I wanted to like, you know, challenge myself, but also like at the end of it, I wanted to come out with like a body of work um, that I could possibly like publish. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty like at a, such a like you know like I think of it now I'm like oh my god I was like you know like 20 or something I was like kind of serious I was like very like okay like let's just like do this and like maybe something will come along where I'll think of some like a really good idea and like that's something that I want to run with. Um, and you know, like I'd always dab, like I was, I was very much like an artist before, like I did like photography. I was like, um, kind of just doing a lot more like visual art stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that when I was just in school, like basically what happened was that in my second year, I kind of started writing what would be happy hour, like in a very like way, in a way that was like for my, um, like end of year, like projects like where it would be like my portfolio of creative writing and um one of my professors is a poet but also like a you know and he had this very young agent and um 
you know, like during my, I think it happened like just during my last year where I had this body of work and I was like, I can send it to you to to read. And he was like, okay, like, let's just like, look at it. I think it's really good. Um, And what happened was basically is that like, he was like, here's my agent's email like contact her, see if she wants to read it. And I did. And, um, all she said was, this is good. Um, but let me know when it's finished. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) dagger. Uh, it it is done. That's it. No, it wasn't finished. I only had, I had, I only had like, I only had like maybe like 40,000 words. Um, okay. But you said you sent her a full manuscript and she, no, 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 no. So I was like, Oh my God. Okay. So I kind of started like, well, this was kind of like my goal. So then I was like, I really want this woman to be my agent. I like really like her and I think she really understands me. Um, so I kind of like, that was kind of like my, like my, um, end point, like kind of like my destination Mm -hmm. was to like, kind of just be able to like finish something good enough to like send to her. And I ended up, uh, I sent her like something that where I was kind of like three quarters done and she was like, okay, like we went, we had a drink when I was, I was visiting, I had come back to London just for a wedding or something. And we went for a drink and she was like, okay, like I'm interested in working with you. And I remember just being like, so over the moon. I think, I I think it's also important to note if this is kind of like an advice, advice situation, it's like, I th- I always talk about publishing in the same way that like I would talk about like dating or something like you really have to find people who are like really understand you and really kind of like want to like uh invest in you and your like future and and um for me like it was really just like I knew my agent was just like the, like someone that I wanted to be uh like I wanted on my side and and you know she's been with, I've been with her ever since and it's funny because we're, we're like the same age and we've like, we've like both like had this uh, trajectory where now she's like a very like, like big agent. She has like all these really amazing names on her list. And yeah, it's just, it's just like an interesting dynamic. And like, uh, I'm like really close with her. I I find, I think at the end of the day, like, and I think that's the same with publishers as well. It's like, you have to find people who are really like, get what your vision is in a way that like, I mean, I, I had also like a situation where like I had like bigger um, publishers like approach me like later on, like yeah. more around like this time around. And mm-hmm. for me, I was like, I don't know whether I want to be with a larger publisher at this point in my career. Like, I think that like um, I would rather be in a situation where like I had a lot of a lot more input. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like why. Um, I went with Verso for like the rest for my international deal. I was like much more. I I also like the kind of contrast of having my novel with um, kind of like a radical press. I think that was something that was like kind of gave it an edge that was interesting. And I think that like helped people kind of put it into a kind of context. that I thought not that it needs to be, but sometimes I feel like people can think it's like just like a, like a, very like a a girl's like HBO thing and I, and I like yes, you know yeah. and I think like so that's to me is really important and I have always I've been really lucky with my team for sure that is so <laughs> smart because you are a creative person and you really do I mean it sounds like the grass is always greener with a big five publisher but you really mm-hmm. do lose a lot of control and it becomes this whole other 
like a product, this commercially saleable bee treat. And that's not the intent you had for the body of work. Mm -hmm. It really is part of like the cultural zeitgeist that you wanted. So I think it's so smart that you even had that foresight for your first book. Yeah. I also think that like at the end of the day, um, in terms of like how I have seen contemporary novels be pushed out. Mm -hmm. I think that what happens a lot of the time is like with the big publishers, you know, they have a huge roster. So Mm -hmm. it's like, they'll, you, you have like this, like, um, you know, like really big press for like three weeks. And then like, it's for them, they're like onto like the next book that they need to push. And for me, like I'm much more of like a person that would want to build like, um, not like a cult following, but I think that it's like just, I'm not interested in like shooting up like immediately like that. I would rather be like, okay, like let's just do like a, let's like have a kind of a little bit more control, especially for me, like with covers and stuff like that. Like I obviously, again, you know, I'm a visual person. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was going to talk about that actually. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that one was, um, that one I I the only thing I said is like I think that there should be pink on it and like mm-hmm. that one was by um you know like two really amazing artists that like have done like Sheila Hetty's books and like you know it's it's like for me like that was interesting because it was like a it felt like I was like in a lineage or some kind um oh, yeah 100% and the, a book does, book does make the cover I or sorry like people mm-hmm. do judge the book by its cover yeah and I also just think that like for me um you know I don't want to knock people in publishing but like they don't sometimes like they're they're like a little bit behind like aesthetically which I think is like so funny I always say that they they need to start like bringing in girls from like who worked at like fashion like companies to work yes it's so archaic yeah it's so funny yeah and even so your sec your book that's launching internationally I love that cover too I'll put a picture up on the screen mm-hmm. but both of them yeah. are so artistically beautiful it makes you want to like dive into that world which the words itself speak for it but like people are picking it up seeing that cover yeah and the um verso cover was kind of like something that is like really close to me just because one of my close friends did the painting um and that was something that I felt was really like fun because because of the novel in itself and like I think that so much of the novel is based on like my friendships with women and Mm -hmm. I think that to have like a a painting by um one of my friends and then like also have this like novel it felt very like a gift or something from like my group of women that I'm friends with to like this other women that like are probably passing the book around like to their really good friends as well yeah, it adds to that kind of like cult, like community of mm-hmm. like-minded women, kind of like a Gia Tolentino or like you're kind of like a Sally Rooney slow mm-hmm. yeah. following. It all, yeah. all correlates. And I think that's so clever and not enough authors kind of have that, like I said, foresight for lack of a better mm. So how much of the book is you, so you lived in London and then you moved to New York mm-hmm. yourself. It's a novel, but how much of it is autobiographical? Um, I mean, so I kind of like, when I was like living in London, I like went back and forth um, from London, New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, 
I wanted to kind of, I was explaining it to people in the in a different interview where it's like, I took a lot of details from my own life, but in like a playful way where I always think that like by putting it, it's like almost like a, like an inside joke or something. Yeah. And so like, there's, it's like kind of like a treasure chest. It's like a, you like find different things. Um, that if you know me, you'll be like, oh, okay, like I know that this happened or like this or this person's based on this or whatever. Um, but the thing is, is I think that like the voice of the novel like really creates it's a, a kind of a hyper real world that I think is really elevated from like any sort of like realistic um, novel. Like it's not realism, you know, it's, it's like this very specific, very curated and stylized world that um, these girls inhabit that I think was very much like what I wanted to create. Um, and so like, even though there are details from my life that are true and real, it's so far away from the actual kind of like real world delivery that I think that to me, it, it makes it more, um, it like gives it a fun edge. And I also think that like it, the whole point of the novel too, is in her, in Issa's voice, like she is controlling this kind of narrative that you cannot really um you don't know exactly what the real details of her nights are like she, you are really like in a position that you're like vulnerable to just uh, like believing her yeah and that's so true. i think that that's kind of a um a trick that i think is quite fun and and also like entrancing um so again like i think that i took a lot of details but it it's more or less like to me, uh, a funny, mischievous way of writing that I think, you know, like, I don't want to, it's not that I'm tricking readers, but I think that it's like a, it's like a, one of those things that's like, you could believe this, this happened, or like, you have no idea. And that's part of the fun of it, maybe like, and I think that gives it kind of also like a, a like a three dimensional um, way that people are kind of understanding the book. And, you know, I get DMs all the time, like, where people are like, I scrolled to the bottom of your Instagram <laughs> to see if like anything, if I could pick out anything that was That's like, that so was true. Um, and you know, like that to me is funny. Like I love, I think that th that's like, like everyone's like a little like detective, but uh, <laughs> you know, like, again, like I would caution people to think that like, it is like my life, but again, but that's something that it was like a trap that I set. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and there's probably parts it's like composite characters from your girlfriends, from your friends in real life that you pick mm -hmm. and choose and they're all it's like a mash of that. But the voice of this book, that is my absolute favorite part if I had to distill it down. It's so mm -hmm. readable and so unique and I loved kind of walking through New York in that way. I love books. My book is also based in New York. And so I think having a unique take on kind of navigating it's like the not the anti-gossip girl that's not the right way of saying it but we get a, <laughs> get a lot of like the upper east side glitz and glamour if, you, mm -hmm. if you've never mm -hmm. kind of been through it and you take us into like the real you're not loaded you're pinching pennies to like kind of get through nightlife and going through Brooklyn mm -hmm. and everything and I really found the voice like so compulsively readable and relatable mm -hmm. and it's so it was like intentional for you to do that, to kind of add that yeah, stylized like I voice in. I love, I love that. I think that like, 
for me, like a lot of the novels that I read, I read in general, like, you know, like this, like comes from like, even like the 20s up until like the 70s, like, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of um, women writers that had these kinds of like voices uh, in their characters. And like, I was, I don't really mesh with the kind of contemporary voice that is like prevalent right now. So, you know, for me, like I wanted, I, I, a lot of my work has to do with like lineage. I always like to think about like the, the, you know, like the women that came before me and like what kinds of lives they led and like what that sounded like. And the voice itself, like I really wanted it to be, to seem kind of like a feminine use of language. Like, yeah. Um, and the kind of like the the wordplay and like how she states things and her little like declarations like that to me is just like sometimes sometimes you're out with friends and like some someone will say something like so brilliant that you'll be like what did you just say like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a yeah so I I wanted that to be um a really important facet of the novel and I think that the language of it was just like oh I read out I read the novel like out loud every time I wrote something it had to be performed in a specific way um so like for me like the rhythm of it was really important and like how she spoke had had a a cadence to it that I thought was only was so specifically her um Mm -hmm. and like I, I think I say this and I think about this all the time is that like, it, you know, if there are pitfalls in like the novel, um, the one thing that I'm like always going to be proud of was that like, I created this like very strong, um, realized character that I feel like is so memorable. And if all else fails, like at least, the, at least I did that. <laughs> and unique and very distinct. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> well, that kind of begs the question then did, her voice did the did it all just flow or how many times did you go back and edit it to make it so like a dance or a song and that have that rhythm mm. um I think that there was definitely at times what happened would be like I would get so stuck trying to write the voice first and it's hard when you're doing that when you're just trying to like get from a to b in a scene like you know what I mean like I would be sitting there being like, I know where the characters have to go, yes. but like getting there is going to be really difficult for me because it has to be in like a certain voice. I think that ultimately what happened was that like, you know, I, I think the, no- the novel went through a few drafts, like nothing too drastic. Like I pretty sure sh- like the, the whole, the novel itself, like everything that happens is like pretty intact from like when I first finished. But mm-hmm. I think there was a way that you would when you kind of are so used to writing in a voice like that, um, you read back things that, and you can kind of already tell like what feels like a little overwrought or like feels like inauthentic to the character or like a little bit too, um, like you're trying a little bit too hard to make something work Mm -hmm. and, or you're trying to be like really cute, you know, like when you're like trying to like make like a, like a sentence work. Um, so yeah, like I think that ultimately what happens, like you kind of like shake, like shake it out, right? You kind of like have to filter it, and eventually what happens is that like you know you cut like all these 
these unnecessary things. And, and then like you have this voice that really shines through. And for me, like that was kind of the process. Like I was like, okay, like reading it back, like I understand her more and more the more I write her. So like reading it from like start to finish all the time, you're like, okay, just like cut this. It's like, I know what I'm trying to do here and I want to make it work, but I know it's not going to work. So just leave it alone. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that ultimately what happens, and I, I really am interested in people who do like really like crazy rewrites or edits. Mm-hmm. Like to me, once you write something, when there's an, a structural problem that's like really integral to the text, it's almost impossible for me to like think of like redoing it. Like I think that what happens is that you are kind of stuck. Like there's of course sentences and grammar and all these things. But, like if something is like missing, like, in like the source material, it's so hard to like go back and like put that in again. Yeah, the structure, it, that was your gut instinct of how to write it and how to structure it. So it's hard to mm-hmm. reimagine mm-hmm. what it should be because you wrote it the way you thought it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, developmental edit is a whole other beast that is crazy. <laughs> so did you, are you a big outliner? Do you have kind of your full, do you use cue cards? Like what's your process for organizing scenes or chapters and getting through to the end of a book or at the mm. end of a chapter? Um, so I guess I, I kind of do like a big piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And I, I mean, it's just funny. Cause like, I think I do the piece of paper because I also put it in my, um, in my room and it just becomes like an eyesore for a really long time. So you're just like always <laughs> thinking about it. Um, but I do, I just kind of like build, build out with like different things. I like think about the themes I want to focus on. I think about like um, the kind of dynamics I want to like uh, have. And, and I don't know about like so much like an outline. I know where things have to go basically, mm-hmm. like where, like where the characters are like moving and how they're moving through the world. Like I need to like, that's the hardest thing. Like when you're actually sitting down to write it is like, again, like trying to get them moving from A to B um, is kind of difficult at times when you're just like not you're just like to to get it out is like the main problem Um, but outlining is a little bit I don't do it in any sort of like really fastidious way like I'm kind of like loose about it in a and like I think that like some things will happen or, or I'll come across uh, like a little, like an inspiration or like a book or like some sort of like piece of art or something. And I start to like trying to try to like move um, my ideas like around these, these objects. Um, and like, I don't know, I'm like pretty fluid. I, I find that it's, it's, I'm so based on like, character like I really don't I'm not good at I know that I'm not good at plot (laughs) for me like for me plot is so difficult because also it's like um I get yeah I like just don't adhere to it I don't like love it in a way like and I think it's funny because people are always people when they talk about happy hour like like some people like I know that people some people's complaints are like well there's no plot but I'm like but every night is a plot every night is something's happening like it's hard to say like if there's no plot or not like I feel like every day (laughs) is something new and they're moving there's action yeah 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 they're like moving through the world um so yeah I think that like for me it's mostly like what I want my character to experience as opposed to like any like overarching like um heavy idea of what's happening 
And I think that's what most people, most readers relate to the most is they latch onto the character and the character can take them kind of anywhere. They'll follow that journey no matter mm-hmm. what. Nobody, mm-hmm. I don't think there are people who really care that much about plot if you had to pick plot over character-driven novels in my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that like sometimes what happens is that when you are um, – Sometimes I think that like when you are one of those really voracious readers, like that are kind of like read novels for pleasure, like in like a kind of like a speedy way. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess like that's something that sometimes people want is plot. But I think when for me, like I have a hard time reading like I used to be a really big like fast reader as a child. I'm just plugging in my computer. Sorry. Um, (laughs) um, But, you know, I think that. Like, as time goes on, I'm, like, such a – I'm really affected by things now. Like, I'm really sensitive. And so, like, for me, like, reading a novel um, really affects me, like, in terms of, like, how I think about the world, also, like, my mood, also, like, how it's, like – how it's, like, um, being absorbed in my own writing, like, subconsciously. So I have trouble um, reading, like, in, like, a really big, like, way. Like, I can't do it anymore, like, for fun. Because for me, it's just, like, so, like, I get so absorbed in it. And I I am jealous of people who can. Like, but it's the same for me with movies and stuff. I I can't um, expose myself to too much. I I cannot watch any um, suspense or, like, any, like, thriller, actually. Like, I I always have to read the plot ahead of time. Because it just affects you so deeply. Yeah, it's very, I'm like so sensitive. I don't know. It's really annoying for a lot of people who watch. (laughs) You have to be sensitive to be a good writer, I think. I think it's also just about like being like very um, like associative about the world around you. And Mm -hmm. like for me, yeah, like it's so annoying for people to watch movies with me because I have to, I have to like be, I have to know what's going to happen um, ahead of time. Because also I kind of like like to see like, do you know when you watch a film and like you won't pick up everything if mm-hmm. you're just watch come going into it blindly the first the time? The surface level is all you Yeah. Need. Yeah. And then like you have to rewatch it a few times. But for me, it's like, I'm not going to, some, some of these I don't want to rewatch again. So <laughs> I need to understand, I need to understand like the red herrings and like the foreshadowing. <laughs> I need to understand it before. <laughs> I know. I watch things differently. Well, I have a rule. I can't read while I'm writing because like you mm. said, I get too absorbed in kind of that voice or how the author structures things. So I could only mm-hmm. read when I'm not writing a book. And then with movies, the same thing. Now I find when I watch them, I'm always looking for the red herrings and like analyzing like the suspense and the tension and the conflict points. Yeah. And it's kind of annoying, but maybe subconsciously it will make me a better writer or more, I don't know, like use a template when I write, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. my question for you is like, are you, like who does inspire you and how, what are your boundaries with letting that inspiration in? Like, is it? anything not just for writing but like for fashion and like films and authors Mm -hmm. that you really and how do you allow yourself to enjoy that like the pleasure of it and Mm. then have that separation with your work um I think that like obviously for me I I, actually, whenever I feel like really stuck on something, um, I always read Frank O'Hara. Um, I always read his poems. Um, just because like that kind of his, just the, the, like the way that he has mastered this very like casual, 
um, but open way of um, writing about the world. And in his poems, it's just like so fresh and Mm -hmm. beautiful to me. And like, that's something that always gets me like really excited to create something that is like in the same kind of mood and vein. Like they're also like, I feel like it's interesting because like, um, everyone always says that like the, what makes Frank O'Hare like such a great poet is that he is, you can tell that he's kind of kind, like he's kind and like he has his eyes open to the world. And, um, in a way that I think that sometimes you have to, like for me, like in the kind of worlds, worlds that I want to create, like I always have to remind myself that that's kind of like my goal. I don't want to, like create anything out of like a kind of bitterness. And I think that like, Mm -hmm. once you, when you do have that, like, it's so easy um, to create like those kinds of worlds. Right. Mm -hmm. At least for me, like, um, and I always try to, yeah, to criticize or to be like um, ungenerous Mm -hmm. um, and to be kind of like spiky and like, and like, I, I'm, I don't think I'm naturally, yeah, I'm not really like that. And so I always try to remember kind of like what my aims are in terms of that. And like his poetry always helps me kind of get back on the right track. Um, and like, I art, like art wise, I, I, you know, I am obsessed. Uh, Matisse is like, for me, like one of my favorite painters like forever and always like one of my favorites and because it's such a world that I like I love to look at um Mm. in terms of the colors and like the way he represents like fabrics and um women and and flowers and all these things like I don't know like I think overall like everything that I love and, and get inspiration from is pretty cohesive in a way like I love colors and I love um you know, I love beauty. I love like all these things that, you know, give me joy. And I think that ultimately, like, in terms of trying to like create a boundary with that and all these things. And I think that you have to um, just kind of tread lightly and also kind of, again, like kind of like take things in, in, take things from different places that Mm -hmm. feel authentic to you and um, express like what you wish that you could express as well. Like, I think that, um, you know, I, there's like this joy about a lot of the things that I love that I always want to create myself. And like, that's a huge part of like um, my process anyways. So Mm -hmm. ultimately like I, I tried and I always, I, you know, I always like to be light and like humorous as well. So for me, like with the, with a lot of like, uh, novels I read, like mm, some of them are not humorous, like Jean Reese is definitely not, uh, she, she can be quite funny actually, but like I, sometimes I feel like people read or like read her too seriously, but, um, you know, and then I have like with, with films, like I love watching, of course, like golden age of Hollywood uh films like for me like all the heroines are so funny they have like this beautiful um way of like very charming and very charismatic and like Mm -hmm. I think that I want to replicate like that kind of um female character like it it, and make it contemporary again that's kind of just like my my aim (laughs) yeah and you do it so naturally it's like your antenna is always up and then you don't even realize you're absorbing like the color, the textures. And then when you're, Mm. it just kind of is infused into your work and your writing, which I think is the best way to be. You get to live 
and then it just kind of flows through you naturally. And we all need more like positivity, light, optimism. The world is a dark enough place, I think. And that's what art should be, fun and playful and enjoyable. Like like your book, like the pursuit of pleasure is Mm -hmm. so important, I think. Yeah, and I think that there's obviously just room. There's room for all of it, but I think that what what we had, um, especially in publishing over the course of like the last ten years, was that there was this like very big, um, m- like movement towards like uh, having these traumatic instances happen to women characters, and that's been like that forever. Of course, like there's always like some sort of like punishment or whatever for being Pain a woman. And but punishment, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I I honestly think that like I would hope that. Um, you know, people would be more open to like having these novels about like, yeah, like pleasure and fun and being able to like be okay with that and have that be like weight enough. Like, I don't think that like Mm. there needs to be something that bad happens for it to be like meaningful. No, exactly. We need a balance of it too. And so then how important is that environment? Like I can see you have like in the background, like colorful paint and stuff. (laughs) And are you disciplined? Is that where you write? Like you sit down every day, you have to have a certain environment. You can write at coffee shops or no, it's kind of. I actually have a really hard time writing at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like, it's because my desk is too close to my bed. Like I just like, I'm always like, I'd rather be sleeping. (laughs) Like, um, but you know, like it's a bit of like a, yeah, like I don't, I think it's just because like for me, like working at home, I don't really associate my home with work very much, but mm-hmm. um, when I have to sit here, I guess I will. Like that, this happened primarily like during COVID where I'd be sitting here and be like, I just want to like do something. Oh, I'm so, so antsy. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, like I like to, I have like similar, like some spots that I used to go to, like cafes and stuff. Like I love to just sit and like kind of hop around because for me, like I can only really do like spurts of work for like, an hour or two at a time and then I have to like walk around and like go to a different spot um but I think that yeah like I have I have to get better at it like I am really I don't write every day like for me like I love like a prompt sometimes like when people are like oh like what about this and I'm like okay like I'll just write towards this idea like um I don't know I I'm actually the worst person to talk about discipline like I really have like my friend I co-work with she's like my neighbor but she's always like I can't believe that you're a writer like you have such a bad um you're so bad at like being on time with things or like being like (laughs) being like focused and because I I that's kind of like my own struggle is like I would I would almost rather always want to do something as opposed to like sit at home and write like and that's you know my own problem (laughs) you know what I don't think that's a problem I actually think you have it figured out. Like there's too many writers that were dialed into this box. Like you have to be disciplined, write all day. (laughs) But I think the thing is like writing isn't always just sitting down and like putting pen to paper. Writing is you going out with your friends, like going for lunch, going for drinks, absorbing Mm -hmm. the dialogue and conversation in real life. So I think that is very, very important. And no, I, I, I love talking to my friends. That's like the biggest thing for me. Like that's always going to be like a source of inspiration is like our, like the way that we talk through things for sure. And more of that to come this summer. Well, we're already in the midst of the summer, but as restaurants <laughs> open and everything, it is going to be amazing. But I yes. have to ask you because it's something I've been kind of struggling with of with my like promoting the book and you're about to kind of gear back up for the international launch is the mm-hmm. idea of self-promotion. 
as mm-hmm. much as publishers help you, like you touched on earlier, kind of once your launch week is done, it's the onus is on you to kind of keep shouting it from the rooftops. And writers mm-hmm. need readers as much as we yeah. wish, like we could just write in a cabin in the woods and hope mm-hmm. the book finds its audience. We do have to promote it. And I'm, I find it such an icky feeling, but also such a necessity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how do you find that, like the marketing promotion of the work? You know, I think it's funny because, like, I am so, um, like, I really don't have, like, a shame thing. Like, I don't, I I never feel bad about anything. So I, like, I find it really funny. (laughs) I find it really funny when people are, like, um, sorry for posting or, like, I'm going to go through, like, a whole posting situation of, like, self-promotion for the next two months because of my book. And I'm like, you don't have to say that. Like, just post it. Like, no one is thinking that. It's, like, it's such a big deal. Like, everyone does this. It's not a big deal. Um, I don't know. I, like, honestly, like, I find it very, like, I love when people post photos of the book. Like, I think that's, that's so special. Like, and I love seeing it in different homes. So, like, I'll always repost that stuff. Like, um, I, like, will always kind of, I don't know. Like, I think I've always been pretty, like, like active on all like the platforms like I'm pretty but also because like I've always been kind of funny with it like I don't worry too much about a lot of these things like I have some friends that are like very like serious like they have like serious um like presences online where they have to like they like look at their like grid and like they have it's like very curated in a certain way um I I mean like I, I know that my presence is kind of chaotic, but like, I guess it works in the way, <laughs> but I don't know. Cha- it's like, it seems like there's order in the chaos. It seems intentional. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's just also like, I think that people expect that I'm going to be like out and doing things, but then also like, you know, like I did write a book. So like, it, it's like, in some ways, like, I think that it only is um, kind of embarrassing like if you're like surrounding yourself like all the people that follow you are like industry people or who are like oh like it's like other writers or other like uh people who like know the game but like for a lot of other people who a lot of people like don't know writers like a lot of people like don't know anyone who's written a book so to them it's like interesting and fun and like cool so I don't feel I feel like a lot of people at least that have been like engaging with me um, like they don't know anyone else who's a writer or like a, who has yeah. a book out. So it's like, it is also like kind of like fun for them to follow me in a way. Um, I don't think that people should feel like icky about it. I think that ultimately it's like, like I still have this kind of feeling of, um, like I, when I was younger, I, I made like a lot of zines and I used to, like, I was like always selling these zines everywhere and whatever. So I still have this kind of like scrappy nature of like selling zines from like a table at like a zine festival or something like, so I don't really care. Like I'm very like, I'm very like, this is like my project. And, and also I'm a bit of a control freak. So like, I don't, for me, like my fate, I like don't want to like rest like the fate of my work on like, you know, like a three-week publicity, um, Mm -hmm. like, blitz or whatever. Like, I am very, like, okay, like, I know what's good. I know how to do it. It's fine. Like, I've I've worked in jobs like that before, and it's, like, I get it. But, you know, I think uh, my advice to people is, like, I think that you should just, like, promote it all the time. Like, who who else is going to do it for you, you know? Like, it's it's important to, like, put, like, 
that like to be in control of that or else like no one else like you, your publicist has like 10 other things to do <laughs> like, oh yeah and, then, and no so, one's gonna care about it the way you do or understand it the yeah way so I think if it's if it's like in your power to like you know make or break something that like you know is your own personal project like mm-hmm. I think it's important to just be able to um, do whatever needs to be done <laughs> I love it I'm gonna think of you as I continue on and it's, it's like Please. my book took me five years from like ideation to shelf so I'm like if it took me five years five weeks to five months of me promoting it is nothing yeah of it, course I yeah it's yeah. it's for me, like, also, like, it's so fun to, like, think of, like, different ways to do something, mm-hmm. too. Like, I, um, you know, like, I'll, like, show up at, like, uh, I'll be, like, a surprise guest at someone's, like, small book club, like, on a Zoom or something. Like, that's just, like, fun to me. Um, and also, like, yeah, like, I, I think that, well... I don't know. I, I like dip to toe into the TikTok situation. I am, I have like the whole thing, but like, you know, those TikTok teens are quite, are quite, um, sassy. So I don't <laughs> I need to get into it. I, are you like on book talk or what are you posting on TikTok? Um, it's kind of funny. It's like they, I feel like people follow me because I have a book out or like I have a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, fi- sometimes readers find my TikTok and they'll comment and I think it's really funny but mostly like I just like do like random stuff like whatever and like I think that people think it's funny that I have a book because they're (laughs) they like just think they just think that it's like they just think that I'm like some random girl or like that they're like fighting with me in the comments and I'm like okay well I'm always like well I wrote I wrote an essay about this so please click the link above to if you'd like to read (laughs) read more yeah exactly uh, I can't wait I'm gonna find you I'm gonna follow you on there ah, no, no. <laughs> the fastest growing platform oh my god well what are you what, what's on your bedside table these days like what are you reading what are you watching what's kind of in your cultural zeitgeist it's going to be like really embarrassing um no so I, I have a lot of guilty pleasures I'm not even again guilty, I do pleasures. yeah I don't I don't feel guilty about so I because I lived in England for um, some time, like I'm really connected to the Love Island culture. Um, I like I find it so interesting, and I watch it. Um, like I've just caught up to the new season, so I'm very like I just find the whole situation interesting. I find like the the like the way that these people go on the show, and then like they get catapulted into like this like really specific type of British fame like where they're like on the Daily Mail and like all these things and they like you know will date like a football like player like soccer player whatever um so like that's kind of like what I'm watching right now um in terms of like literally what I just finished watching yesterday um and I have um uh, right now it's the other Elaine Dundee book um, the old man and me. Mm-hmm. So like not dad avocado, but the old man and me, I have that currently. And it's funny. Cause like, she's like this like young woman in London. So I'm like, interesting. <laughs> yes. That was, that was me once. Um, and films right now. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to New York next week and I'll finally be able to like go into a movie theater. Um, and I'm really what looking forward that? to, I know. I forget um, what that's like. 
I'm really looking forward to watching Zola. I remember when that thread came out on Twitter where it was like this whole, it was like one of the, like, you know, like a top 10, like viral threads on Twitter. Um, and so I'm really excited to watch that in a cold theater with popcorn. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. And I feel like all of these things are very like summer related, like, like, all of these things are very like perfect to be doing in the summer and yeah. reading and watching. Perfect. perfect timing. Yeah. So I am so curious to know like what's coming up next for you in the short term, like you're going to New York and then what are your goals for the long term, or are you just going to kind of let life take you where you go? Do you have a net, another book <laughs> in the works? <laughs> um, you know, I'm very like, I don't have this kind of anxiety yet about a second novel. I feel like I do have like time, but um, I, I like am always, when I'm in this period, I always call it like the incubation period where I'm like thinking about things. I'm always thinking, I'm thinking a lot about like um, scenarios and I'm always like, uh, I feel like it's, it's much more of a situation where I have to be like in the world. And then I get always get a little bit like, what happens usually is that like something will happen. I'll get kind of like annoyed or upset about it. And then I'll have to like create a situation or a world where like this would be like the characters would like come out on top or something like of the situation. Like yeah. that's kind of my, my um, angle. But you know, like I think that for right now I have such a crazy few months um, into the, the lead up to like the international release. I have like a lot of, you know, I'm doing so much press and I have some, you know, these appearances, et cetera. Um, and, you know, like, of course, like there's always going to be like a situation where there's like, I don't really, uh, one of the things that I recently had to understand is like the, the idea of like a novel having like several different rights that mm -hmm. are, like it gets like sectioned off into. Yes. Um, and, you know, so basically, yeah, like, the happy hour comes out in the u.s and then there's always going to be like this like other situation with like you know like is it like a gonna do like a movie and tv situation like what's the what's the next like medium right. i guess yeah yeah um and you know like i do have like some i'm kind of more in talks with also like different things for like more film stuff so i'm i'm like as usual, I'm like so. I think it's really interesting because I, I even before I, I get to New York, I know that people are like talking about like my writing or whatever. But it's I wish that they would understand that I'm like really not competitive at all, and I truly just want to like just be like at a pool or something and like. enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I don't, I don't have this kind of like pent up like anxiety to be like do like being like super productive all the time because I feel like ultimately yeah like again like so much of my work is based on like conversations with friends and like you know like being with people and socializing that like I personally like I don't have enough material yet as because I just have been stuck inside for ages so um I think that like I'm just like very like relaxed about everything and I am I feel like since my whole career as it stands has been kind of this like coincidental situation, I feel like it's been very, I guess, like useful for me in that way to be kind of uh, a little bit more laid back. 
I find that such a refreshing take because all you hear is like, <laughs> you have to hustle, you have to grind. It's hard, but I feel like you say it's like accidental or coincidental, but I really think it's a byproduct of you being relaxed and kind of letting it come to you and just kind of following and going through the right doors and just keeping like an open mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think such a blocker, it can block creativity. And I also think that ultimately, um, like in my case too, like I basically waited till like, not even on purpose, but like I had to wait for like people to come around to me. You know what I mean? Like, because Mm -hmm. the, the text was always there. It was like finished. It was just more or less like having people kind of like reach a certain like point or that they could like appreciate it and like think it was like worth publishing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, like you have no control over that. That's like something you, like, you know, people, you can only like, I always say that it's, it's like, it's like for me, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm already like two to three, four years in the future. So like, who knows when people will catch up to me <laughs> for whatever I make next. Like it's, it's hard to say. Right. Yeah. You're waiting for these gatekeepers to kind of get it. You're like, I'm yeah, there. let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> Which is a good way to be. You want to be the trendsetter. You don't want to be the sheep kind of following. I know, but in some people's mind, it's taking forever. So it's like, <laughs> I know I could not relate to that more. I had the exact same kind of experience and it's such an archaic world, the publishing industry. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if it does evolve and change, but it feels like this big, heavy elephant that mm-hmm. needs a renaissance or something. But I love it. <laughs> I love talking to you about this stuff. I could go on forever, but can you let everybody know where they can find you and buy Happy Hour and just follow your exciting, fun life? um well you can follow me at marlo tatiana on like all platforms basically um and you can buy happy hour at your local bookstore in canada right now and then like internationally september 7th i love it and you have to get it it's the best book and the most beautiful cover yay thank you so much for being on the podcast thanks for having me 